According to leading global design firm IDEO, design thinking is a human-centered approach to innovation that draws from the designer's toolkit to integrate the needs of people, the possibilities of technology, and the requirements for business success. Thinking like a designer can transform the way organizations develop products, services, processes, and strategy. Design thinking brings together what is desirable from a human point of view with what is technologically feasible and economically viable. According to EU research, over 80% of all product-related environmental impacts are determined during its design phase, but design thinking can be used at any phase. It enables people who aren't trained as designers to use creative tools to address a vast range of challenges. Because of this, Design thinking is an effective tool to introduce circular economy thinking and circular business model innovation into organizations. But how does it happen in practice? Hi, and welcome to Moonshot City. I'm Preeti Ambani, and I'm here with Juhi Sharif, and together, we're exploring the big questions around what makes a resilient and regenerative city. Today, we're delighted to welcome our guest, Louise Nash. Louise's experience spans 20 plus years in global strategic brand development across Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and Singapore. In November 2018, Louise founded Circularity, a circular design and transformation partner that redesigns businesses for a resilient and regenerative future. This is a project that was developed through her work during her master's degree at Tech Futures Lab. In 2020, she delivered X Labs, New Zealand's first circular economy lab in Tamaki Makaro, Auckland, in partnership with Auckland Tourism Events and Economic Development. At X Labs, Louise facilitated a design sprint over nine weeks, which included the lockdown, for 18 businesses to unlock circular solutions that contribute to building a resilient and regenerative economy for Auckland. Welcome to Moonshot City, Louise. Thanks, Pretty. That was an awesome intro. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Great to have you. Louise, it was great to be part of your journey in a small way, launching Circularity during your master's at Tech Futures Lab as your advisor. Could you tell us and our wider audience about your journey launching Circularity? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know for many people right now, they're probably facing career pivots or changes or considering things like that. Um, for me, it happened several years ago after reading a book about accelerating change in the economy and, and how we really needed to redesign our careers in different spaces. As a brand strategist for about 20 years, I supported the growth of some of the world's biggest and brightest brands um, around the world and what we know now to be a very important SDG, the one focused on responsible production and consumption. And at the time, none of that was a, a consideration. So really, I was focused in that space. And then, you know, a little flip happened for me, well, quite a big flip, actually. And the universe gave me a, a really good bump and said, you can't do this any longer. You're going to have to go find something else to do. You have to be part of the solution. And they're going to need people with your skills. And anyway, that was what the, the little voices said. And off I went. And so, yeah, ended up at Masters of Tech Futures Lab. 
Um, I looked at a number of different ways that I could explore how I could bring my skills into that new future. At the time, I actually didn't know about the circular economy. I just knew that the current economy and the way we produced goods was broken. Um, But I actually didn't know what the solution was. So I looked at a PhD, I looked at a number of different things, but I come from a very commercial background. I'm very interested in practicing work and getting down to the, you know, the rolling up the sleeve stage and making things happen. So I went to the Tech Futures in the hope that I could start a business. And, you know, with your help, Preeti, and, and, and the rest of the team, you know, I ended up launching a business within three months of starting the Masters. As soon as I um, looked into the problems that we are facing, looked into why they were happening, you know, waste, emissions, I discovered they were systemic problems and that to solve them, we needed a redesign and, and circular economy was a framework that just made sense, helped us balance economic, environmental and social considerations. So yeah, I created circularity. I designed the logo myself um, and, and then went off and tried to find clients that was interested in what we had to offer. And thankfully, we we did and almost never looked back. Love your logo, by the way. <laughs> it's, that, it's a good one. Yeah, the, the current one was definitely not my first version. I have a few friends who are very good designers, and so they created a logo for me. So can you tell us, Louise, how X-Labs came about? Because it's an initiative of circularity. So what did you set out to do? Essentially, at the time, you know, probably about a year and a half ago, there was a lot of talk about circular economy and making changes, but there wasn't a lot of practical applications of that I found. You know, there were some leading examples. And the work that we were doing in that space was a TED, Auckland Tourism and Events and Economic Development, saw that and thought, you know, we really want to help businesses make the shift from linear to circular. We want to work with someone that's really practical in this space. And I literally had a coffee meeting with them. We talked about our project work. And then they said, could you design something for us that would help Auckland businesses and help us realize the $8.8 billion opportunity that had been quantified for them if Auckland shifted to a circular economy? So in you know good agile style, I got two napkins out in front of me in the cafe and drew one option on one napkin and drew another option on the second and said, well, it's either of these. And um, that was the first prototype of X Labs. They said, we want that one. We want to be focused on a program that's designed by industry for industry. And so straight away, we went into building a prototype of a design sprint for businesses to help them shift from linear to circular. We designed that prototype. We then sat within Ateed's offices and actually brought Auckland businesses within Ateed's office and ran them through the program as a prototype and got all their feedback. And we had all of Ateed sitting around us listening and, and capturing insights. So from those insights, we got off that prototype. We, we developed the final program that was a design sprint that ran over time. So what businesses told us is, you know, they they didn't like the idea of having to sit in a room for a week. It was really hard for them to run their businesses and do that. So we designed the program to be every consecutive Friday. At the Tech Futures Lab, I developed a methodology called Circular by Design, which is six methods that businesses work through to become circular. So what I did is I stayed 
stage those methods out over the days. And businesses worked through them on each of the Fridays. They ideated new ideas using that, that circular principle. And then at the end of it, they chose their sort of favorite based on their challenge and the criteria. And then they went on to pitch that idea. It was incredibly well received. I mean, I've spoken to a number of the businesses that went through the program and I I know they really enjoyed it. And um, what a shame that lockdown happened literally on your last week, but you still managed to finish. What I'm really interested in is who these businesses were. So can you tell our listeners a bit about the types of businesses who are interested and what stage they were at and why they wanted to take that step? Yeah, it's a really good question. So and this was one of the, the challenges when we first pitched the idea. There was a lot of discussion around, you know, who would come and do this program and who we needed to tailor the program for. And I really just did one of those things where it was build it and they will come. I really noted in these sort of purpose-led impact areas, it's almost the coalition of the willing and you don't need to define who they are. So who turned up in the end and who who was part of the program? Um, We launched the program with one post on LinkedIn, inviting businesses to register. And within 10 days, we had 18 signed up. They range from the biggest retailer in the country, the warehouse group, the biggest supermarket group, foodstuffs, and they chose their North Island group, all the way through to one of New Zealand's most successful exporters of children's shoes, Bobox. But we also attracted a range of startups who had identified that this space was very fruitful for them in terms of opportunity and, and innovation. So we attracted Crunch, which is run by James Muir, who's developing digital technology to help consumers choose brands based on packaging type. We attracted Centrality, which is a blockchain business, who was developing a transport app for cities to help people navigate different transport applications using carbon emissions as a measurement tool. So these were the range of businesses that came together, as well as a whole group of construction businesses. And as most of your listeners would know, construction waste is really significant and to landfill. And so we weren't surprised by that group. And we also had Haka Tourism that came in. So I think what surprised most of the businesses when they turned up and, you know, for some, this happened in the first few hours when they turned up and realized, gosh, I'm actually outside of my industry. And I've been trying to tackle this problem, you know, this packaging problem or this customer problem or this supply chain problem for a couple of years now. You know, it's been mulling over me. And I've been trying to solve it within my own industry. But it wasn't until they sat there and started working with people outside of their industry that they realized most of the solutions have already existed. They just hadn't been connected to them because they'd been operating in silos. You know, and if if you check out our website, xlabs.nz, there's a number of case studies and pretty much every single one of the businesses said that. And I mean, that's true when you're looking at circular systemic design and redesign is you need to go outside often of your industry to help solve those things. That's fascinating, Louise, and I think so much to learn from that. You mentioned Bowbox, and they are a New Zealand company with a mission to make the world's best shoes for little explorers. Talk us through what did a company like Bowbox, what did they take away from X-Labs? So interestingly, I met Andrew, who's the CEO of Bowbox at the Tech Futures Lab, and so Again, these were conversations, you know, I'd been having with businesses for a while and we just needed to create the 
impetus for them to start their journey. So Bowbox creates children's shoes, beautiful children's shoes. They're one of our New Zealand's export success stories. They came to X Labs. Um, actually, the design team came to X Labs, which was awesome for us to have them there. They ended up landing on how they might find a solution for the one million pairs of children's shoes that go to landfill every year. Now, for them as designers, you can imagine all the care that they put into designing these beautiful, really well-made shoes to know that actually that kind of customer problem almost is that kids grow out of shoes and then you're left with all these shoes and what do you do with them? Or that a lot of customers didn't know how to care for them and they ripped and tore and therefore they got thrown away. Now, as a designer of that product, you know, that was not a great thing for them to to have to tackle. And they really had been trying a whole bunch of different options around that. They'd also tried experimenting with different cut methods around their shoes. They tried experimenting with more bio-based materials. So they definitely had experimented, but it wasn't until they came to X Labs then using the methods, they landed on this really cool idea where they actually used their customers as custodians of the shoe. And they're in the prototyping of creating a subscription service where their customers actually subscribe to either buying or kind of accessing a first new shoe that hasn't been used before or one that's had one life to it and further down and actually coding them in that way and having their customers as custodians and encouraging them, you know, giving them tips around how to repair them, having take back services. They came up with this idea of love notes and passing love notes down with the shoes as they move down, you know, first use, second use, third use. And so those love notes travel with the shoes, which I thought was a really wonderful idea. It's a lovely idea, especially when people are becoming increasingly aware of the provenance of their products. And I think that the narrative that a product comes with is so important now, right? So yeah, I think that's lovely. You had some other interesting business participation in XLab. So one of them that caught my eye was Advanced Floating Platforms. Can you tell us about their experience? Yeah, so so Advanced Floating Platforms... Um, I got this almost quite random random call from these guys and they just were so passionate about what they were doing and you know passion goes a long way and so I met with them and and then I sort of found out that they, they were a, a plastic company <laughs> and um you know and I was thinking oh my goodness you know I really hope they're up for it coming to a circular economy lab and they're going to be really challenged in there by a number of people because at the time, you know, and still to this day, there's a lot of tension point around the use of plastic. But we also need to be thinking about how they can be part of the solution. So they don't design plastic containers um, or food products. They actually design advanced floating buildings out of commercial grade HDPE plastic. And what they discovered in their journey of designing those advanced floating buildings um, in new marinas and areas is that marinas in New Zealand are actually made of concrete encased polystyrene. 
And when there's a big storm or when that is, you know, worn down is that and water seeps in, that literally cracks open and polystyrene is the number one considered the most destructive plastic entering the ocean. So they knew that they could use their commercial grade HDPE to design a much better marine system. And they'd had already done some research around invasive species and how if you if you use this commercial grade HDPE, you could literally just brush off the invasive species that grow on the on the previous kind of concrete versions. So that came to X Labs with almost that prototype going, oh yep, cool, we've got an idea, but we really want to be thinking about how these circular economy methods could really level up how we market and and how we change out marinas in New Zealand. And they just embraced absolutely everything. They must have spoken to every every expert, every collaborator. We had about 50 collaborators as part of the design sprint. So on smart materials, they worked with Scion on how they might actually put a UV treatment into their polymer so that it actually was marine grade and could actually be stronger and more resistant to the conditions in a marine environment. They looked at how they might bring in recycled content, and they actually have become part of a national recycling program around HDPE specific to what they use so that they could create a closed loop for their material. And then they explored circular business models. So they worked out that the design of their marina could actually be broken into two different types. One could be purchased. The other, which is more likely to need to be redesigned, could be leased. So they actually restructured a whole circular business model around their marina system. And then they started to think about who their audiences and communities are and boat owners and who those stakeholders were and what really mattered to them, which then became part of their pitch document and how they could then market and be part of transforming, you know, what we know now to be 80% of New Zealand marinas are essentially, you know, on their last legs and need to be replaced. So that was their journey, and it was an absolute delight to have the guys part of X Labs. When they first put their challenge up on the wall on day one of X Labs, everyone wrote post-it notes over their challenge and went, why do you need to work with plastic? Why do you need to work with plastic? And they, they really proved everyone that they could make it circular. I'm really interested in understanding a little bit more about the mindset of these businesses as they were coming into X Labs. I think most of them were thinking we've tried to find a solution for our problem and we can't find one. Um, They were thinking we can't do this business as usual any longer and we need to find a new way of doing what we're doing. But they also were coming in with an experience of thinking and knowing that filling in reports and doing measurement and a lot of the really you know, great sustainability work that takes a huge amount of time and, and that a number of businesses undertake only gets you so far. And unless you are able to drive these projects with purpose and, and passion, um, you know, it, it often fails to land. And so that's what we really tried to deliver for them in the lead up to X Labs. We got them really excited about being part of a group together We got them really connected into their vision and values of their business and we worked through that with them. And I think this is, you know, to kind of reflect, Juhi, on your opening of this session, that's what a design thinking approach does. And I don't think those businesses had ever tackled sustainability or circular in a design way. 
And that just transformed how they tackled these problems. And, you know, as practitioners, we worked with them on those problems. We loved those problems with them. And then we discovered solutions with them. So I think there was real merit for them and it opened up those opportunities. And the businesses themselves called it their aha moments. And again, you'll hear this in the videos. They're all like, oh, yeah, our aha moment happened on day two when we realized actually there was a solution that existed already or I could be connected into someone that would make that possible. Some great insights there, Louise. And I had a very similar question to Juhi from a mindset point of view. But my question was more around the mindset of the participants and you know, a lot of the work that I do with uh, around innovation with large businesses is you almost have to have that sort of creative destruction process at the start where you have to unlock minds, unlock their, their linear um, version of the world, you know, sort of break down the barriers that people think, you know, our school systems, the way we think, the way we approach problems mm. are just very narrow. And I, I was wondering how did you sort of tackle that piece of literally getting them to come with an open mind and not throw away solutions as being too hard or glossing over some ideas that actually have potential? So how did you get them to be actually open right at the get-go? I mean, Pretty, you and I talked a lot about mindset when I did my master's and unlocking a mindset. And we talk about a lot that in circularity. I learned a lot of lessons. In my first year at Circularity, I literally just got paid to go in and do presentations and speaking events. Um, and what I found when I spoke about the problems and the why I was working on things and the systemic challenges, the room would, <laughs> would literally like people's faces and uh, like it never got me anywhere. <laughs> I never had a single follow-up when I talked about the challenges that we faced. Um, and, you know, I was making mental notes in my head going, oh, my goodness, how do I unlock this mindset? It's, you know, I can't just talk about the problem. That's not working. People just will go straight into denial <laughs> and they won't phone me for help. And then, then I started playing around with this idea of love the problem and how I could get people to fall in love with the problem. And I think those are all in, you know, design mapping exercises. And so, you know, people people are afraid of things. They, you know, they spend their time in their head thinking about these problems. But as soon as you give them a task to do that helps them tackle that, they're incredibly energized by it. And I think, you know, that's that design thinking process that I fall heavily back on. So Xlabs was very iterative. It was its first one that we ran in March. So I really trusted my instinct in feeling the room, seeing how some businesses were responding and designing the activities and exercises for them. I mean, we found and early on everyone got utterly obsessed with their problem. They almost loved it too much. They didn't want to let it go and go find solutions for it. So then we did an exercise where we actually had people hand over their problem to another team. <laughs> and then they had another team work on it. And interestingly, the other team didn't love that problem, so they just wanted to come up with solutions, and then they handed it back with the solutions. So that was a good little trick. Um, another one we did is I really found people got really into the trenches of trying to um, – quite technical things, because there's a lot of technical stuff in circular solutions, you know, material, technical specs, and – um, particularly we had a one business designing MDF, redesigning MDF, 
Um, we had a, a consultancy business, Harrison Gresson, looking at fresh water and the impact of building sites and the design of them on fresh water supplies. So there were some real technical things going on and we just felt they weren't elevating up enough to really big moonshot ideas. And so on day three, you know, literally the day before we were meant to go into X Labs, I designed an exercise which was scenario planning. And I gave them, I said, tomorrow when we come into X Labs, you're in 2050. I want you to dress like we're in 2050. And we are going to be designing for that year. And I really got them to elevate to that moment. And that was another breakthrough for many of them. Fascinating, you know, so a lot of the X-Labs methodology, you had to be really agile and nimble as you as you went along. So, you know, I'm sure there were heaps of obvious highs through the whole process. What were some of the learnings? What were some of the frustrations? And what do you think Auckland needs next? <laughs> Where to begin? Um, just so the, the listeners understand, we, we spent a year planning X-Labs and prototyping it, marketing it. Every day had a workbook associated with it. The circular by design methods were a book and an interactive website for them. We designed an app that enabled the businesses to connect. So there was a lot of setup around it. So we planned it for about a year. We then went in for the what was meant to be five consecutive Fridays. We hit lockdown at day four. And leading into into lockdown in New Zealand was obviously an increasingly anxious time for many people. We had several teams that had been made redundant during that time. And they continued to stay on working as a team, which was just so heartwarming. And then when we landed in lockdown, you know, obviously I had my own kind of personal things going on where we had no food in our cupboards because I was so busy doing X Labs. Um, and then we put the businesses all virtually online, so 150 people, and we finished the program um, sort of four weeks later. Coming out the other side of that, I guess the learnings is of that cumulative experience. Um, but one of my main things is is that innovation and and business ideas need a lot of support to take them, you know, out of the head, out of the drawing, and into a proper pitch document, a well-thought-out, validated pitch document. And that was a real learning for us. And we've taken that forward into our work at Circularity. So at Circularity, you know, we were involved in the design of systems and products and shifting businesses from linear to circular. But the sort of storytelling and pitch element and the comms piece, if you like, was something that we kind of did for businesses as a favour. But now we know that they're absolutely going to need that at that end part. Um, so that was a real learning for us. And now most of our projects all have that component. We develop a pitch presentation. We develop case studies and storytelling assets for them to go on and engage their stakeholders so that the ideas live and breathe, they become commercialised and they become actualised. The other big learning for me is that we've received huge amount of interest in X Labs and the businesses um, but in fact, no funding support. Um, now, this was, you know, hugely disappointing. And, you know, I've, I guess I've, there's enough time between, you know, the end of it and now that I can reflect on it. And what I found is, despite interest from almost every government department and various impact investors, circular economy by its very nature is very tricky because it doesn't fit into a box. 
So it's not strictly just economic. It's not strictly just environmental. It is waste in part, but if you're designing it out at the beginning, you don't qualify for waste funding applications. Um, so that part is definitely a frustration of, of mine, and, and the team and I at Circularity are working on that at the moment with the likes of MB and with the likes of a range of different impact investors to help what we hope will create a circular fund for New Zealand that we can support the next round of X-Labs businesses. So that's interesting because you're you're absolutely touching on kind of the systemic challenges for circular economy itself. And so are there any other um, challenges that you see at a kind of national level? So an example that, that I would raise is the lack of infrastructure to solve some of these issues, right? So is that linked to the funding issue? Do you see that being a challenge or do you think that actually that's something that businesses can overcome uh, internally or or Definitely, I think when I started out, I, I mean, obviously, when I started in the waste area and absolutely in New Zealand, we're incredibly challenged by lack of, you know, technological advanced infrastructure. However, I guess what I'm seeing now, and obviously, there's just been a round, round of funding from the Waste Minimization Fund specifically targeted at this. However, what I found when I work with the businesses is there's so many solutions, circular solutions that they can be working on that's not necessarily tied to that infrastructure. You know, they can make changes in their procurement policy that mean that they're not reliant on that. I think what we what we have to work with in the circular space is the constraints of the system that you operate in. And if you do take this design lens, those are just the constraints of the design. So you just work around them. And I'm not saying that makes it easy. I'm just saying that's a parameter that you have to work with. Um, I found sometimes there is a reliance on thinking we need this big infrastructure thing that we need to invest in when in fact there's a whole number of different really small but cumulative things that we could do that could make something circular. Um, and so did you find that the the constraint, you know, like um, people say often in design that when you create those constraints that actually that inspires a creativity to to find solutions that you wouldn't necessarily have otherwise? Oh yeah, no, a- absolutely. And when I when I did that scenario planning on day three, I believe because the teams needed to you know develop bigger moonshots, all my scenarios were taking away things. They were all about constraints, and definitely that shifts people. They go, okay, well the status quo is gone. <laughs> what do you build? And also, there's a responsibility I think that comes into it too, Juhi. So again, the reliance on that big piece of infrastructure to help solve my problem. I mean, don't get me wrong. Absolutely, we need infrastructure and and we need shared infrastructure that many industries can feed into. And and there's a you know benefit of economies of scale. So I'm not I'm not discounting it. I just for me, if I went into X Labs and tried to help those businesses, it wouldn't have helped them if I'd said, actually, why don't you all work together and put a funding together to go and get a piece of infrastructure? Because they all needed to take individually responsible responsibility for their challenge and the reliance on that other thing meant they wouldn't do that. Yeah, and, if that makes and, sense. No, absolutely, it does. And the other thing, I suppose, is that technology is moving so fast that you don't necessarily, as you say, you know, you don't want to invest in, in massive infrastructure that's going to be a white elephant in 20 years' time. 
Yeah, and I did start off thinking, you know, we just need to focus on pooling resources and infrastructure. But then I've just seen so many different great solutions happening globally. Um, I just recently ran an event for for Tech Futures Lab on microwave technology, and that's being used to take products like tyres and convert them back to the original um, polymers and original ingredients, chemical recycling that's coming into play, and all that new technology, we're on the forefront of it. So um, there's so much to be done that a business can be involved in. So thank you so much, Louise, for speaking with us and sharing your insights today. It's been it's been great to hear about the journey with Circularity and X-Labs, and we look forward to seeing what's on the horizon. Thank you, Louise. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you to you both. (laughs) (laughs) Visit us at projectmoonshot.city and on Twitter at Moonshot City and learn more about Louise's work there. I'm Juhi Sharif. I'm Preeti Ambani. This is Moonshot City. (laughs) 